weed you're looking at is called Cherry Rosé. I bought it from a dispensary in Lawton called Big Chief Collective, the one up on Gore, for $17.50, which is a pretty damn good price for an eighth. It was grown by a group called Method out of Stillwater, Oklahoma. As you can see from our pretty Pulp Fiction style glowing shot here, this stuff is pretty. The nugs are a little smaller than a lot of the weed I buy, but the color is definitely on point. Look close and you'll see a few shades of green, some great oranges, and even a collection of purples that really make the amber trichomes pop. Uh, I've added quite a few parameters to my cannabis selection process since I started doing these more in-depth reviews for the show, and this Cherry Rosé really stood out to me for a few reasons. First and foremost is of course the price. This is a $17.58 that does not look or smell at all like a $17.50 that looks really, really good. Per the info sheet, Big Chief on Gore kindly provided me, this cultivar boasts a 1.8% total terpene rate if you buy into lab numbers, and it's close to 18% overall THC. The sheet says it carries notes of wood, orange, and clove, but to me the smell's a little different. It's got a heavy smell like cherries, topped off with that spicy, terpy terp smell you get from a really clean dab. Alright, I've got a fresh thing here. My autofocus will not pick it up for some reason, but if you could see it in the room, you would see it's got those nice orange and almost brown streaks running through it and some purple. It looks great. And now I'm going to pack this shit up in my nice, freshly clean bowl. Thanks, hon. And I'm going to smoke it. I was calling my wife, hun, not you viewers. Y'all are dear to me, but there's only one, hun. Alright. Okay, I definitely taste the limonene, and I definitely, definitely taste something like cherry in there. It's got a sweet exhale, but then there's also that peppery taste, and I want to say that comes from the osamine. I'll confirm this when I look at the sheet again in a minute. One of these other terps, whenever I did some uh, pre-research, did definitely have a peppery taste. This carries along. And also, you'll notice it didn't make me choke very hard, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely same thing with the cherry, peppery, sweet taste on the back. I can't pick up the nose on it both because my nose sucks and because I'm nose blind to weed anyway. So we won't even speak to that. But I'm noticing that it's smooth. It's got like a certain like hotness in the throat shut up that uh, that it makes you want to cough like <coughs> clear your throat a little bit, but like it's not terrible. It's a super, super smooth smoke and I really appreciate that. I got to report back. This is good weed. It's got a nice like cerebral like sharp high like I feel very mentally sharp right now even though I probably don't sound that way colors are very vivid like I'm definitely a little like I could use a coke right now I think it's dropping the old blood sugar a little bit but I like it this is actually one of the better strains that I purchased in the smoke here in a minute um to that end let's do up one more and then I've got one other thing that you all might be interested in hearing that also came from that big chief on gore <coughs> I also was uh, lucky enough to discover a container of these if you can see the screen here, I'm not sure my autofocus doesn't work and I'm not even gonna try. That's High Tolerance brand, that's Big Chief's house brand. And it is a 400 milligram total container. It's like dipped or sprayed or something. It looks like it's just your basic distillate edible, but it's nice, it tastes good, and it's getting me high as shit. Now these things were $15 for one 400 milligram package, which is pretty good in and of itself. That means, for one 400 milligram package, I'm sorry, that means 15, 30, 45, for 1200 milligrams you can get for around 40 bucks, which is not a bad deal at all. But you can also, if you buy 10 of these, which again are 400 milligrams, you can get them for a hundred bucks. So that means 4,000 milligrams for a hundred dollars, which is really one of the better edible deals around us. But in my opinion, the turf profile here is a lot more impressive and interesting than any black and white numbers, especially since I don't give THC and turf percentages too much stock. I'm sure someone with more experience paying attention to terps than me might correct me, but two of the top three here are super interesting and at least from where I sit, also super uncommon. Top of the list is Alpha Cedrine coming in at around 0.48% of the overall weight. I'd actually never even heard of this terpene prior to reviewing the Cherry Rosé's info sheet and the information I found about it online is pretty sparse. 
We know it's found in cedar and it's apparently pretty good as an antibiotic and potentially an anti-inflammatory, but it's not thought to be a psychoactive terp in any appreciable way. Second is limonene, the super common citrusy terp thought to provide mood uplift and pain killing benefits. This accounts for 0.43% of the overall weight and it adds a nice terpy zest to the nose. Then finally is sabonine, which is the third highest terp by weight at a sparse 0.18%. It's found in certain oak and spruce trees and is also in carrots. This is another somewhat rare terp that I again had not encountered at all before recording this episode and Leafly said there hasn't been enough research on it to really know what it does exactly. Fuck. Okay. <coughs> Damn. I'm coughing a bunch because goddamn smoking a bunch of weed makes me choke. With that and a couple days experience under my belt, you can tell it's a new day because I've changed clothes. I could say that the cherry rosé is one of the most interesting strains I've smoked in a minute. The terp profile with the limonene, I think that is what is providing the mood uplift, but this is more than your standard like limonene, happy, creative buzz. There's definitely the painkilling element there, which I guess is probably from the alpha cedrine and the sabonine, plus whatever else. I would be interested to try something else with this terp profile again, and I would probably definitely get this strain again. Overall, a seal of approval, both on the weed and on those edibles I talked about earlier after having had them a couple days, they, they do get you stoned. So again, stamp of approval. It's bongloads and bullshit. The uh, cannabis podcast, I say Oklahoma, but it's not always about Oklahoma. Cannabis podcast. And we are here with a guest, a brand new guest. It is Christina from the Pickles and Vodka podcast. Everybody say hello to Christina that's listening. Hi, Christina. Hello. I'm very happy to be here. I'm glad to have you. We, uh, we've been doing this podcast like guest exchange thing on Reddit, and I've been trying to have somebody new on every couple of weeks. And you're, well, I will try that. You're like the first person that I'm trying this with. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. Besides, well, Uncle Dig, who's now like kind of like the co-host, I met him through that same subreddit, but he's no sick shit. today. Right, yeah. He's in Portland, right? I listened Correct. to a couple of your episodes. It's really crazy because I just moved. I'm in Virginia right now, but I moved here from Seattle. Right. And actually in 2010... I lived in Tulsa. Okay. Which you are in Oklahoma. <clears throat> so um, I thought that was pretty wild. Small world, man. Uh, yeah. Tulsa's like, Tulsa's on the far other end of this broad ass state. I'm down like by the Texas side. I'm right down by like. You're in Lawton, right? Lawton. Yeah. 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 I know where that is. Shady my favorite, my favorite professor lived there. Uh, so I went to ORU, which is for the people fortunate enough to not know what that is. It's a very, uh, it's a charismatic Christian school okay. in Tulsa. Um, I went there for a second and my favorite professor lived in Lawton. He taught humanities and he got fired for talking about abortion. Oh my. In class. But he was that, a cool dude. I guarantee you he smokes. Guarantee. Right, yeah. The, the cool teacher, the cool professor rather always does. Yeah. And yeah. especially if he's going to be talking about abortion, uh, what'd you say? A charismatic Christian school. Yeah. That man, that man is a subversive man. So uh, as usual, we start the show with what we're smoking on. I understand you're in Virginia, which is, as you said on instant, not a legal state, right? Well, so I was going to ask you if you've ever had a guest consume Delta eight on your show before. Yes. Because that's all I have. Okay, good. I, I thought I would be, you know, kicked out for admitting nah. that. <laughs> But I have my Delta 8 gummies. Actually, it's funny because so I moved here from Seattle a year ago. And then right. shortly after I met uh, my now partner right. and his parents smoke, his cousins grow. Yeah. Um, so I haven't had a problem with hookups since I moved here. But of course, you know, we ran out last night. And so that's the I'm just like Delta 8. It is. 
I, uh, I have nothing against Delta 8. Like in the show's official position, doesn't have anything against Delta 8 specifically because that's just like you said, a lot of places like Indiana where I'm from, that's really all you can get still. And that sucks. It, it does suck. Uh, better than nothing. Right. But I, I've heard there's something else too. Tyler told me about this, another friend of the show, uh, THC Zero that's supposed to be like that, that I think they're selling out there too. And I've wanted to try that just because I've heard it's really intense. But that mm. shit whacks me out. I don't know. I stick with the weed. I'll have to try it out and come back on to discuss my findings. <laughs> yeah. <man>. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm always it's funny because I'm sober from alcohol. Um, and, you know, my friends and family generally think of me as a sober person, but I'm always looking for new drugs to consume. Uh, you know, I get my kicks in places that I'm a little embarrassed to admit, but hey, can't beggars can't be choosers. Right, for sure. That, that's a that's a similar story with the show with a lot of people. Um, I hell our old co-host, two of the three, myself included, uh, he was an alcoholic and I had a whole like pill and speed thing for a minute. And uh we both use weed to overcome that. Everybody seems to have some kind of story like that connected to like some form of weed around here anyway. Like everybody yeah. in the scene. Uh, I'm puffing on some uh cherry rosé and i actually due to the time traveling nature of the show the listeners will have heard the review of the cherry rosé before they get to this point but i'm still smoking that shit so if y'all listen to this point i'm smoking cherry rosé you know what it is you're good i forgot to say the the details of my oh yeah gummies. um they're lost eights and the flavor is death star <laughs> which uh, they say it's a mystery flavor but it's really like a berry um and it's 60 milligrams of delta eight sorry my cat is fucking around uh, also I, I didn't wear these because right. you wouldn't be able to see but i brought out my socks for the occasion oh my um, yeah aren't they beautiful they're wonderful i Those, like to uh, show them off at any chance i get so i could i could just do this the do whole the time, sock but, puppet thing yeah <laughs> those things are mainstays um, at the dispos here those are cool ass socks yeah yeah you I, got your cherry rosé i got my death star gummies and it's uh it's fucking i'm starting to get high already now i i'm primarily a gummy eater too and i started i got a zen 150 milligram i'm messy so i haven't done the wrapper away i can't see but showing up and these guys are uh they're intense and i just ate the whole one so we'll see how that goes i'll take another one in your honor because i took this right. one like 30 minutes ago and yeah, right. my, my tolerance is growing since i started which is the story of my life <laughs> I have asthma and I also <laughs> smoke weed and nicotine. So like, right. I don't know. Yeah, it's all I, do I understand. The, destroy the my lungs. And the podcast <laughs> is always the worst part because I allow myself to smoke cigarettes in the house while I'm doing that. And I just light them off each other and it's bad. Like, what now? No judgment here. Mm. I'm 29 and I chain vape like a 12 year old boy. So. I, I vaped for like, and I picked it up by accident. I picked it up for like two years. I just started vaping and I was like, oh, this is cool. And like, I'm a heavy ass smoker. I'll smoke three packs a day if I don't stop myself. So like, just to be able to transition off was legit. But anytime I tried to run or do anything, it like, it made me feel like people say smoking makes you feel. It, it yeah. sounds crazy. It sounds like some conspiracy theory shit, but I swear to God, Not my crazy. lung endurance is 10 times better with these things. I'm uh, <clears throat> reading a really good book right now called Fentanyl Inc. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of it? 
I've heard the name. I've not read it. It's um, it's by Ben Westhoff, um, okay. but it's about the history of synthetic drugs in America. Okay. Uh, and it's fascinating, and it's really making me paranoid about like the Delta Eight and like the vaping. But right. on the other hand, I'm just like, well, I'm gonna die anyway. Right. That's scary shit. And they've got the the in Oklahoma. Apparently, Oklahoma supposedly has the most regulated testing market, like testing rules on the market. We're supposed to be the most stringent testing rules. And yet there are still like frequent recalls about pesticides and stuff. And like, as a primary mm -hmm. edible eater, it makes me worry. Cause like, I'm not just inhaling that and it's going away. Like I'm eating it and it's sitting in my stomach for a minute. And like, we all know how digestion works of course, but like, I don't want to get a bunch <laughs> of pesticides and shit in my stomach. So I, I'm with you. I am, well, I'm uh, formerly bulimic slash recovering bulimic. So I've put all sorts of shit in my stomach. Like I, I've treated my body like a garbage disposal for the last 15 years. So <laughs> yeah, I understand that. That's, that's how do you, how do you handle being a recovering bulimic with like smoking weed or Delta A? How do you like, do, do the munchies oh, like fuck with you or like? It helps so much. Right on. Um, on my solo episodes, I do, I like to read old journal entries and I found yep. a journal entry from when I was actively alcoholic and bulimic at the same time. And the journal entry said, took an edible and binged on gelato and then walked in the park. Why can't sober me love herself this much? Hey, Amen. <laughs> and that's it in a nutshell, really. Uh, when I smoke it, you know, I like myself a little bit more and I'm more forgiving of myself when I do things like <gasps> eat dinner. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I get the opposite. I'm totally cool. And then I smoke too much weed and it's like, you're doing everything wrong. <laughs> so like, I've got to watch the opposite. I actually just got off a stretch where uh, these full spectrum gummies that I was taking for a while, and I'm not even going to name them because it's not their fault, but I was taking like 200 milligram of them at a time. And like, I was having this cycle where I'd get up in the morning and I'd be feeling okay. And I would take my Kratom and I would take my 200 milligrams of these uh, full spectrum gummies and fucking without fail, like 20 minutes after that, I would start having a panic attack about money or about something my boss said. So anyway, I'm on, I'm on a quote unquote tolerance break because of that, that, that reverse issue, except now I'm fucking eating 150 milligram edibles. They're just not full spectrum. So it's not really a break at all. Nobody's perfect. That's right. You know, and I like you, even you take what help you can get. For sure. And my, my therapist, you know, tying this back to the mental health angle, even he, he's the one who authorized me to, to kind of consume as much weed as I want. And, you know, like whatever, I kind of already there, buddy, but it's cool to know that he's rooting for me. I think everyone who has an eating disorder should smoke weed. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's been amazing for me. And I, um, when I moved here, I lost my health insurance. And so um, I was on SSRIs for a few years and the weed has really, really helped me get off of that and survive honestly it works as a mood regulator and it, it's interesting to hear you say that because like it seems like i i just did a shit list on this recently and it works apparently by making you both more able to block shit out and like not care about the shit that gets through as much and there's this whole like psychological reaction and yeah. it's, nuts. it's it's like bad stuff will happen to you but you're you look at the bad thing and you're like I can do this. Like this happens to everyone, you know, it, it's fine. It's, it's wonderful. And that, that kind of shit really is what makes me mad whenever YouTube age restricts my videos. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something I didn't even talk about until recently. Um, well, mental health, not weed, weed. I'll right. tell you my history with weed in a second. It's pretty funny, right but, um, 
I didn't start talking about mental health until four years ago when I was relapsing with the bulimia and alcohol at the same time. Right. And that's when I started my podcast, uh, Pickles and Vodka, because I was on the couch one night drinking vodka and like eating pickles out of a jar with a fork. And I was like, <laughs> this is so funny. This is my life right now. Um, and, and even now, talking about drugs on my podcast is relatively recent, like in the last two years. And I'm there's still things I don't talk about but um, being on your podcast is a big step for me. I think people should be talking about this stuff because it's fucking awesome. It's, it's cool that the podcast helps with that. Like if you go back, like there's a, there's an episode, I think it was like our fifth episode where we uh, Blake and I, one of the old hosts go on about like the addiction issues and how we'd help. But then there's also like a dick joke every five minutes, which really it makes <laughs> that's, that's the appeal of the show. And I'm glad we're finally able to have like a serious episode for once. Cause usually it's just me and big, just, it's just, it's a toilet swirling. So I mean, my right. life is a toilet swirling, literally Respect. and figuratively. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my podcast is kind of the same way. I, we just talk about shit and mental health is like the core of it. But mental health is really funny. Like depression is funny. Eating disorders are hilarious <laughs> to me. Uh, <laughs> people get uncomfortable when I make bulimia jokes around them. I don't know why. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's you don't know how to react. Sorry, yeah yeah people don't know how to react that's true and it's one thing when you're actively in it and another when you're like i'm in recovery like, i've been in recovery for a year and i'm doing really well recovery is great but um i never take it for granted and it's harder to talk about it when you're actively in it for sure yeah so i no, have the benefit absolutely. of kind of being on the other side yeah after a year i would say i mean that's that's a pretty good stretch of time to be away from any kind of like substance or destructive yeah behavior. yeah like, but um an accomplishment. I, I'm thank you, first of all, um, but I'm a huge fan of harm reduction, uh, actually self plug. Uh, I'm an artist in my spare time and I made these stickers. Oh. Harm reduction saves lives. You can't really, uh, it's yeah. backwards, but it's holographic. Oh shit. Yeah, this no, place, I saw that. Yeah. You, your, um, this website get, for $9, they give you like a sample pack of your stickers to get you to buy more. Oh, and it worked on me cause I'm, I love it. But yeah, harm reduction is great. Um, honestly, I think there's a lot of stigma around smoking, even now, uh, depending on what part of the country or the world you're in. Oh. A really fascinating statistic I read in this book uh, is that one in something like one in 40,000 Chinese people smokes weed. That's all? Yeah. Damn. It, it made me realize like, oh, wow, we kind <laughs> of are a weed culture over here. Like, I know it's still... You know, we're, we're still getting there. Oh, yeah. We're definitely seen but, as like a weed heaven. Like, it's crazy to think that, like, I don't know, it's kind of an authoritarian time living here. But then yeah. everywhere else, we're kind of like this bastion of like, you could go over there and smoke weed and like talk to Western women and blah, blah, blah. And it's this whole thing. We're like, I don't know. It, it, it is interesting. And like, part of the reason I do this is to like reduce stigma and to fucking like, and because it's it's easier to be open about it. And it's interesting to see like, to what you said, like how, how people kind of view that. And I, I think, and, and, and I could be speaking out of turn here, but like, just from like old conversations with my roommates and shit, I think a lot of the thought against like drugs in general, in some of those cultures and like weed is that they, 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 they create laziness and yeah. like they, they create like a, that, that in a person and fucking not even tooting my own horn. Like I, I work like 14 hours a day every day and I'm stoned all day. So I don't jive with that shit at all. So I try to show that off. And yeah, so they, I feel bad that only one in 40,000 people there gets to do that. And he has to worry about probably be going to jail forever or being oh, put to death. That's another thing that like right now, 
is their um <coughs> like drug anti-drug awareness week like as we speak there's um it, it's pretty wild i was just talking to my partner about it last night like we are so sheltered yeah for real in many 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 regards yeah and but yeah it, i mean it still sucks i want to validate that it still sucks <laughs> Like, uh, it's not a trauma contest but, but you know <laughs> i guess it can be both like I, I i'm way glad i have weed i moved out here specifically for the purposes of getting i heard access. i yeah. listened to your episode about reasons <clears throat> to move to oklahoma or like yep. reasons why oklahoma is so great in the weed yeah. game and i was yeah. surprised because you know i lived there from 2010 to 2012 right and i was going to this super christian school right but like that was where i did everything first because i grew up homeschooled i have a super right. religious background and so going to christian school in tulsa was my version of like rebellion <laughs> <laughs> And so like I drank for the first time there, like I smoked cigarettes and all mm. this stuff, but I didn't smoke weed for the first time until 2020, actually. Oh, wow. So well, actually, no, I, I took a few hits on and off through the years at parties and stuff, but 2020 was the first year that I actually started smoking daily. Um, okay. And it's easy to guess the reason for that. Uh, I got laid off. I was working in Seattle in the events industry. So we mm. were like the first industry to go down. Yeah. So. Um, one, another thing I had moved to Seattle in 2019 from Virginia because uh, it was I, I honestly I wanted to kill myself and like get away from everyone, <laughs> yeah. but that didn't work out. So last year I moved back here to be closer to family. I, um, that. I totally lost track of what I was saying. That's, <laughs> Does that's, this happen that's a, a ton? Yeah, no, that's that's basically when you know the edibles are kicking. Oh yeah, I was talking about uh, being laid off during COVID. Right. Yeah, so I was COVID. in Seattle, I got laid off, and I was like, all right, I'll fly to Virginia for a couple weeks to be with my parents. Uh, ended up staying there for six weeks, okay. and um, my nineteen at the time year old sister was living there, and she's a huge stoner, <laughs> and so she took me out to this dock <laughs> by my parents' house and taught me how to smoke out of a pipe for the first time. Uh, and then we basically smoked out there every day. And when I got back to Seattle, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to hit up the dispensaries. I'm going right. to get a rewards account. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that. I really miss um, like being able to place your order online and go pick it up. Because uh, I, I also was listening to your episode about the weed etiquette and right. like holding up the line at the dispensary. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't call it a dispensary. You call it something else. Oh, I usually say dispensary, but sometimes you turn it to like dispo. Okay. Like I, I thought, store. I guess I heard it like depot. I was like, what? I might um, have, sometimes I refer to like the individual places, but yeah, those are usually. I basically <laughs> went back to this like wonderland of dispensaries on every block. And um, I was on unemployment because like work wasn't a thing. Right. And so I basically just was stoned that whole year. That uh, and it was pretty great. It sounds like a wonderful lifestyle. I, uh, I, when I had the COVID unemployment, I didn't really have access to weed. So I mostly bought speed with mine, but then I mean, now, that's another you know, road you can go down. Absolutely. I was in that road for many, many a year. Um, but now, yeah, it's on every corner here. And this is like the fucking libertarian weed utopia. And like, it's literally fucking like, I forget the number I pulled up, but it was like 13 dispensaries to every Starbucks year. And we have super lax edible rules, so I can go buy like a 1500 milligram piece, no problem. It's great. I love it. I it's love funny it. because when you said lax, my first thought was laxative. Yeah. It was I'm like, sure you know, exist. eating disorder. Uh, oh, right, right. So 
I'm just thinking of like laxatives that get you high now. Oh, they've got uh they definitely have weed suppositories. I know a company that makes them for like what? Yeah, you need like, to test it out in the name of science. <laughs> I don't know if I'm willing to go that far down the edible path. That's a little too edible for me. Reverse edible, but uh, apparently <laughs> reverse like, edible. Right. <laughs> apparently oh, that's got, a cursed, like, cursed image. I'm not messing with that, but it, like for somebody who has like they can't eat because they have cancer or something, it's great. And now I have heard that I, I brought this up on the show before. Apparently, butt chugging alcohol makes it a lot more effective. It makes it hit harder. Like they'll say, you know, if you're going to butt chug alcohol, drink like half as much because it processes. And I wonder if a wheat suppository does the same thing. Well, that's the question that we'll, we need to answer, I guess. We have, we have a duty some, to your listeners. We have some people from the industry listening. Maybe somebody can pipe in and tell me. Oh, Future the socials. episode idea. Oh yeah, I would love that. That's whenever I'm gonna do a breakdown of like all the different means of consumption and like just like kind of a weed one on one thing. And the very last one will be uh will be suppositories now. Yeah, glad to add to that list. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really glad that I I didn't know that butt chugging fact when I was drinking because my dumbass probably would have tried it. Oh, people uh people die from that shit. Uh, Richard Christie on Howard Stern, like he he didn't die, but he got sick from it. Yeah, for Fuck. yeah. Oh my God, that's insane. But I don't know if like <coughs> the human body processes <coughs> weed the same way. <coughs> Shit. I'm it's okay. If, if it doesn't, maybe on the wrong day, we're like, I'm broke and like, I need to get a buzz on and like, this has got to last. And like all the chips are against me. Maybe then I try it. But if the buzz is like the same or diminished, I will never do a suppository. That's the only way. <coughs> well you'll never know until you try it i guess you can't trust what people say <coughs> I, I think i will on that i think i'll i'll <laughs> leave it to the experts now it, <coughs> if somebody's smart they're listening and they'll come in and be like yeah dude it totally hits harder and fool me. <coughs> <coughs> fuck now you can't publish this no, i was good. uh my last episode or, or my you know second to last <coughs> episode i was vaping and having a coughing fit and my sister was with me and she was like, it's okay. I don't mind. I actually like secondhand vaping. And I've been giving her shit about that ever since. <laughs> Some people like the smell. It grosses me out because I've got whole body contact things anyway. And I don't want, it's been in your lungs. I just, no, I'm good. I, I don't like having cigarette smoke blown at me or anything. And I smoke like a chimney. I didn't think about <clears> it literally being in your lungs. It grosses That's me out. That's pretty disgusting. Right? Yeah, I know. I just, I can't. It's, it's pretty hard to gross me out though. Like, <clears throat> I'm, I'm bulimic, you know, fair. literally nothing grosses me out except roaches. Maybe roaches, that's roaches. Right. That's... not, <laughs> no, no, I get you. And that's, I can't even think of a counter to that because I don't know how to talk about the, the eating disorder topic. It makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> really? So, excuse me. Well, I mean, not, not, not specifically that, but just cause like, I've never dealt with it and I never talked to anybody who's had one. So like, it's like, I don't know so what to say. You're the perfect person to talk to. <laughs> I thrive on making people uncomfortable. Oh, it's easy. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but um, you don't like, what do you, what makes it uncomfortable for you? Oh, it's not even like, it's not even that it's an eating disorder. You could come on and say like, I don't know, I've got a uh, really bad psoriasis or whatever, scoliosis or anything, anything. Mm, and then like, like bodily thing, just not even that, not even the bodily thing. It's just like, I don't want to like, it's cool that you're making fun of it. It's very funny. I have no problem. But then I can't, <laughs> if a joke comes to me, I don't necessarily feel that like I can fire that back. 
you know. Evan, I challenge you in this episode to make an eating disorder joke. All right, I'll, I'll try my damnedest. I don't know. Do we'll it for see. the listeners. Barb's ready. And there's a, I've got a friend who's got it. Might be Parkinson's. I've not talked to him about it in a minute. I'm not going to name the guy out of privacy, but I, I made the mistake of asking him what was shaking once, not thinking, and he was like me. And that was very funny. That's like my gold <laughs> standard for that. Because that dude's got it rough. He's got it like 10 times harder than anybody I know. And he's going to crack a joke like that. That's great. Well, that's the only way you can survive is by joking right. about it. And that's one thing I try to do on my podcast. Like it didn't really start out as a comedy podcast. but um, And there are some really serious episodes, but um, it's mostly just me joking about serious things with guests. And yeah, that's basically it. You have to laugh about it because the alternative right. is, you know, crying about it. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. You are just dying. Or, or dying, which is, yeah. you know, if you could will yourself into that, this podcast probably wouldn't exist anyway. So True. there's, there's, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, lost my cough. That was supposed to be a smart ass comment. And then it just dropped off and got weird. Well, now it's weird. You can't, yeah. you have to, you know, you can't talk about it. Once <laughs> you bring up the weird thing, then oh. it, it's here to stay. I, uh, you know, I forgot to plug the socials. This is an, an amazing chance to plug the socials at my personal instead of the Bongloads and BS Evan. Just yesterday, I posted a picture of that suicide pod, and then I put like the lyrics to that "All I Want for Christmas" song and like the music in my Insta story. And I know nobody like gets it, and everybody either thinks that I'm like seeking attention or like, but it's just funny. It's just funny. Oh, it's hilarious. I, uh, I, I, God, this is terrible. I used to joke that I would never kill myself until my parents died. Right. And. So when my mom asked me what I want for Christmas, I feel like saying like, I want you to just fucking die so I can just hey, eat, eat myself into the universe. Just kidding. That's a terrible joke. I love you, mom. You're taking too long. No, I get it. It's like waiting on the boomers to die seat at houses. She listens to my podcast. And so if I plug mm -hmm. this, she'll probably listen to it too. Oh man, that's weird knowing that that adds a sense of pressure. It does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. She's a Southern woman named Ginger Lou. Oh my. Yeah. Sorry about this, man. <laughs> And please do not listen to any other episodes. <laughs> Don't worry, she won't. She's probably gone by now. Okay, good. That's that's what we need. We need, you know. When we, we got... were talking about butt chugging. <laughs> okay. But that's that's science. That's that's almost, you know, that's yeah, I get you. <laughs> I'm uh, like, I but keep... yeah, social. I'm so bad at um self-promotion. Right. I half the time I forget to plug myself on my own podcast and then if I'm on someone else's podcast, I'll listen to it after and be like, what the fuck? Why didn't I say that? Like, I forgot so much. We got so this is good. Beginning. Getting it out of the way early while we're fresh. Getting it early. And I'll put it in like the, the thing, the Jesus Christ, the text description. Right. Uh, kind of on that note. And we've already we've already gotten there just by by virtue of what we've been talking about. The loose topic of the show is kind of the intersection of cannabis and mental health, um, which is something that we talk about a lot. I'm fucking crazy. I got all my shit going on. You've obviously got problems with eating disorder and everything. And weed helps. Weed helps. And that's what this episode is roughly about until the conversation goes another direction. So now you listeners know this late in that that's where it is. That's where it is. Yeah. Um, I could not function without substances. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people are like that, but... <laughs> Um, it can be like the substance could be caffeine, you know, it could be SSRIs or whatever. Like there's no shame. Everyone relies on substances and there's no shame in that. Um, but as you know, some substances are scarier than others. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever that means. 
yeah, some can, there are tiers. There's like, there's weed where you can stay functional on it. And then there's like, I don't know. I probably shouldn't get too far into my crackpot conspiracies. I would put opioids only slightly, slightly above weed in terms of danger, because if you're an opioid addict, the only time you really can't function is when you don't have opioids. So whatever, let a junkie be a junkie. And most of them will find a job and do their shit. And then you go into like your meths. And I would even say to a point, and I'm not trying to sound like some sanctimonious weed dickhead, like alcohol and things like that, where like they can really functionally fuck up your life pretty fast if you let them. I can't believe I literally just said on my podcast that I think opioids are safer than alcohol. I'm wrong. I'm an <laughs> idiot. Don't trust anything I say. Copy that. <laughs> also, you're fine. You're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> 80 episodes in, I should have something. Oh, man, that's crazy. I just published episode <laughs> 85. Right on. Which, you know, for a podcast that's four years old, that's really embarrassing because I've had to take a bunch of breaks for my that's mental fair. health, ironically enough. Well, I mean, that's what the podcast is about. You just you walk in the talk. I still guilt myself to death over it, though. <laughs> And overanalyze every single edit. And, you know, it's just a constant spiral of, of guilt and shame and self-consciousness. But, you know, some people dig it. So that's cool, I guess. It's neat. It's neat to have an audience to engage with, like, whenever these guys start listening. And we've, we've with this recent restructuring, going back to weed content, we've, uh, we've cut some, I think. But then whenever I have an episode where it's not just me, 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 me at the beginning, it goes on. So maybe, maybe this will help. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I, I'm going to forget this soon. I want to say this before I forget. Um, That was so redundant what I just said. I really want to talk about harm reduction. Like if anyone gets one point from this, it's that like harm reduction literally saves lives. And by making weed illegal, like people are going to do other things that are worse. Like one thing that I haven't talked about on my podcast is that I had an addiction to Benadryl and DXM. Okay. For a couple of years in my late twenties. And right. these are drugs that mostly like teenagers do, you know, right. like they're highly accessible <coughs> cheap, mm. and they are seemingly harmless, but they really fuck mm. up your life and getting off of them has been harder than even the alcohol was. And I can't talk about it because it's so taboo, right. but um, I really wanted to share that on your podcast because like, if I had access to weed all the time, I wouldn't have done that shit. And, right. you know, I was, I was in Seattle. Technically, I did have access to it, but it wasn't, you know, it's weed's expensive. Yeah, it's if even if it's legal, it's really it can be really hard to get sometimes like I, I didn't have the capacity to walk to the dispensary, the dispensary and like right. talk to someone and wait like I have crippling anxiety. I didn't want to do that. So harm reduction is cool. Uh, I really, really wish everyone had access to weed because like of all the substances, <laughs> God, I'm stammering. That's how you know I'm passionate. Fine. Of all the substances that I've tried, like weed has been the one I haven't gotten addicted to. And right. you probably, you, your listeners have heard that whole debate, you know, mm. is weed addictive or not. But um, I personally haven't had an issue with it. Like I don't crave it, but when I use it, it just, it, it really helps me a lot. I respect that. And that's, that's, I, I do agree to a point that it's not, it's not addictive in the way that like methamphetamine is or whatever. But yeah. I also think that the addictive, not addictive discussion kind of to a point misses the point. Like I would say I'm functionally addicted to marijuana and I'm functionally addicted to Kratom. And it's not like 
So if money's low, I'm, you know, worried about getting food. And then I'm worried about where I'm going to have money for weed and Kratom once right. the things are met. And uh, when I wake up in the morning, I already said it earlier. The first thing I do is I have weed and Kratom and like, I'm on a schedule and shit. I do it at certain times, but it's like that. So like, I'm addicted to it. Like by any, by any measure, if I don't have it, I'm going to go into a state of, you call it withdrawal. You can call it jonesing, whatever you want to call it, where I'm going to go lay in bed and fucking yell at my wife and kids and be an absolute dickhead for fucking five days to two weeks. And, and then I'm going to come out of it. it it's addiction, but yeah. I've also sweated out. I've sweated out fucking three different kinds of opioids. I've, I've, I've sweated out like two kinds of pain pills and suboxone. I've sweated out meth multiple times, twice. It can the, kill you. Like that can the withdrawals you. can literally kill you. And we exactly doesn't right. have that. It doesn't have that. And it doesn't have <sighs> on weed. It's allowed me to like better my life in a lot of ways. And like, it still causes me problems. Like I will oh, spend, yeah. if I allow myself, I could spend like $35 a day on weed, which for a family that doesn't have a ton of money, not fucking cool. But like, yeah, like it's got its problems. But I also know literally three years ago to this point, I was sitting up, staying up playing World of Warcraft for four days straight. So like, like literally wouldn't sleep for four days. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. If I smoke too much, like maybe I'll fall asleep at eight. Like <laughs> it, right. so, Oh God. Yeah. Like the negative consequences are not as severe. Um, and people like know yourself. Maybe some people can't smoke weed. I respect that too. I really, I respect people who are sober from weed and everything. Um, I couldn't do it. And I'm trying not to be ashamed to say that. It's like I was saying earlier, like everyone is addicted to something, like some sure. substance, um, you know, even addiction to exercise, you know, you're changing mm -hmm. your body's chemicals, like you can get addicted to that. And um, we shouldn't be ashamed of being addicted to weed or, you know, whatever. Even saying that, it sounds like really cringe. But I don't it's know. True. I mean, I get it. I, I've, I've totally rolled my eyes at people who said shit like that in the past when I was like 20 years old and fucking I understood how the world worked and I knew better than everybody. But it's annoying that like I can go chasing this kind of pleasure and it's wrong. And but somebody else can go, like you said, exercise addiction, workaholism, anything like that. Another way to, to block the world out and get pleasure is maybe more acceptable and then on top of that, you're kind of a bad person for going for this kind of pleasure. And I do think that there's a leaf changing for cannabis. Totally, um, totally. Dig and I have talked about this on the show. Kind of one bad artifact of that maybe is a bunch of people who you don't necessarily want in the scene are now accepting it. Like these dickhead ex-cops who <laughs> used to spend a long time arresting people for weed and are now spending their fucking cop pensions opening up dispensaries. But like, that's also that a sign of progress. Is that the one cop you wanted to get hit by a plane? <laughs> no, he is definitely a pro weed guy, though. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, I have to formulate my thoughts for a second. You're fine. That's the gummies. I remembered. Um, right on. The thing that drives me insane is like alcohol marketing. Like, and it's yeah. not a hot take by any means but it's just wild how different it is like if you can you imagine if people made weed ads the way they did alcohol ads i know you're uh, absolutely right yeah just like models in lingerie dancing under a champagne shower with like a fat blunt like you know <laughs> sign me up for that they to a point Weed marketing does have its own problems. I, I, I especially don't like, and it's not allowed here, which is one of the cool things about our system, but I, apparently in California, you can go and it'll be like a bag of Doritos, but then there'll be a CA like marijuana stamp on the bottom 
And like, if you're a kid who can't read or something, like there are always stories in the news. There was a story in Oklahoma recently about a kid eating like a 500 milligram edible Dorito um, from some weed that filtered in. And that, that aspect of it, of it sucks, but yeah, right. The, the, the weed advertising thing with us, like there is some overlap with that, with like the rappers and shit getting into it and like the big stars. So like, I think maybe you might see it go that way soon, sadly. I mean, it kind of already is like you're saying the the packaging for stuff. Right. Uh, I've kept packaging. I got this like pack of pre-rolls uh, in 2020 and it was like election themed. It was, it came in a really cool box. It was super dope. I kept it. Um, I think it would be really cool to work for a company like that. Sorry, cough button. No, you're good. I cough all the time on my own podcast and I, I, I think I edit too much. I like, I, I've gotten more lax with it lately. There's that word again, but um, you know, I'm an <coughs> overthinker. And so I edit the shit out of my podcast and I wish I didn't. So, so I, when you <coughs> can include the coughing, include the coughing is what I'll I'm trying to say. I'll cut out part of it just cause uh, we've had like of the negative comments we've ever had from listeners, they've always been, why are you not shutting his shit off when he coughs? Point, <laughs> yeah. And at one point we like, we were actually recording different audio tracks to stop the coughing, but I've since <laughs> devised a way to just quickly mute myself. It's just not working out right now because my phone's blocking half my screen. Well, no, it works. <laughs> it works that other time. I've got to like look under my phone and find it. And it's, Evan it's is mess. listening to your comments, people. Oh, yeah. He really oh, yeah. cares. This shit's not making any money. I'm doing it for, you know, exposure and to get a job in the weed industry, maybe like, oh, hell yeah. Job. So definitely. Yeah, definitely. Nice. for you listeners. <laughs> Cause I ain't getting shit. Otherwise is the joke there. <coughs> oh, fuck. All right. I do like your shirt. It's very appropriate. Thank but you. Like in a subtle way. This is one I've got this one. And that's, I try to broadcast at work that I'm a pothead through the clothing. And that's, you know, that's really kind of half the goal. I mean, I come in wearing these every single day. Respect. Oh, just kidding. <coughs> I just oh. started going back into an office and it's kind oh. of an odd adjustment. Oh, I'll never go back if I can help it. Yeah. I'm trying to restructure my life. Like I'm, I'm perfectly uh, secure right now, but right. I, my job is definitely wanting. I just don't know what I want to do. Like I'm, I'm, right. I'm going to be 30, like in a couple of weeks actually. Right. And I, you know, I feel like I'm back in high school trying to decide what I want to be when I grow up. I actually, when I moved here, I went to school for a couple of semesters studying <coughs> um, addiction prevention oh, right treatment. On. Uh, to try to get a master's, but I dropped out because I was, I didn't have time for like my podcast or to hang right. out with people. And um, that was when I talked on my podcast about quitting things for your mental health. Right. Like what, what what's the time that you like quit something like for your mental health? Do you have a story like that? Um, so I'm the opposite in that if I find something that I like, well, yeah, I guess technically I do just by virtue of quitting Subox. I quit Suboxone because I have meth. Okay, well, drugs don't count then. No, because I will, like, even with work now, I will just throw myself at it until I hate it. Um, Are you a perfectionist also? To a point, yeah. If I give a shit about it, I do. But, like, I'll sit here, you know, I I can literally, I'll write, like, 30, 40,000 words at work. Excuse me, that's some hard stream shit. In a week, which is, like, half a novel. (laughs) I'll just make sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh shit now i lost my train of thought oh uh, fuck i'm sorry no you're it's gonna you're happen good. again 
You're good. It's the Zenite. Um, okay. I'll write like half an novel's worth of words at work or whatever, and just tune out the world. And like, so I'm not good at like quitting things that like help me out or things that like I use as a crutch. Um, and to the point I'm legitimately, okay. I've kind of got, well, I have ended. Well, no, that doesn't, no, I'm stoned. I don't even know what to say. It's totally fine. I realized that the reason I never quit things is because like I was um, coping and like I was using toxic coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. to cope with the thing, but then those toxic coping mechanisms kept me in the thing. Right. Like I was just not noticing how shitty my life was because I had drugs or I had an eating disorder or whatever. And then once I got out, I'm just like a deer in headlights. Like, what the fuck? Like, why am I living this way? <laughs> and it's a pretty, I, I'm still figuring it out. Like I still feel like I'm crawling back into a place of safety, Right. but um, it's pretty great. I was like last night, our cat opened the freezer and we had to throw out like $50 worth of food. And I was like, this is so weird that these are the things that I'm worried about now. Oh yeah. Like it used to be things like, you know, try not to act high around my family or like how to uh, wash vomit out of my hair before my lunch break ended, (laughs) like stuff like that. And now it's like, fuck, I got to replace the groceries and the cat puked on the floor. And (laughs) Like, this is my life now, I guess. And it's kind of awesome. It's, but I do miss the drama sometimes of the dysfunction. I mean, it's fun. I got a little splash of that. That's why the podcast only has one person now. Well, two with Dig. Dig is basically the co-host. We'll say two. It's down from a certain number of people to another number because of shit like that. I'm so mm. fucking baked. Um, Love it. I'm usually the the one who gets, like, stoned fast. So this is really empowering for me. Uh, you know, the Kratom and shit got me too. Okay, I need to get Kratom. True. That reminds me. Thank you. Yeah. I've been meaning to order it for a while. It's, I used it for like before I was smoking, I used it a lot and it helped me with the alcohol shit. It, it's good. It's uh, it's, I like it cause it's a cousin of coffee. And if you take enough of them, it kind of maybe feels a little bit like a pain pill and yeah. like it, but you know, it's, I can't go back home to Indiana cause I can't take Kratom or weed there. So, you know, be careful. Fuck. That, that's not too far a drive. Is it? Uh, no, from where I live to where I would go back home, it's a solid 13 and a half hours. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it was a hell of a drive. I've, I've sneaked edibles and luggage a ton of times. Oh, man. So, okay. Well, that's, that's, I might have to email you a question about this at another time for some, right, right, somebody right. I know who's business traveling. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'm a fount of knowledge. I'm a late bloomer, but I catch up quick. Here's, here's some, uh, here's some, here's a, here's a good weed question for you. Then I've heard allegedly, and it even says on the TSA's website, more or less, don't come in smoking a blunt. We're not looking for your weed. Just don't be an asshole. We will arrest you if we see it, but just don't be an asshole. Huh? Where was that on the website? So there's, I'm way, way totally mangling and misaligning the quote, but the basic idea is they're kind of saying wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, We're not looking for drugs. If we find them, we're going to fuck you up, but we're looking for bombs and shit. And it's kind of like the TSA's way of saying, hey, just don't be a dipshit, I think. But I could be taking that the wrong way. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I'm also like a hot young white woman. So like... (laughs) I feel like I have a certain privilege there. Um, But yeah, I've got nothing has ever happened to me when I smuggled weed products into non-legal states. 
the one time I accidentally carried too high of a proof of alcohol onto a plane and they made me dump it out, but that wasn't a big deal. I thought I was going to get in deep shit for that. But I've also had alcohol on planes a bunch of times. Do they give you shit about the proof still? No, I did. I Googled it beforehand and I did exactly what Google told me to, which was to put a bunch of airplane bottles in a plastic bag Mm -hmm. and you take it out separately. And that felt super weird. Just, you know, taking that out of my purse and putting it in front of everyone, but you know, nothing (laughs) happened. Right on. Well, that's, that's, the, the, the ability to sneak inebriants onto an airplane is a serious concern to a lot of us. So yeah. I, that. I mean, I've also taken 25 Benadryl before getting on a plane and that was worse. <laughs> that was experience was worse than anything else. I can imagine. Fuck. <laughs> Edibles are the best thing to take on a plane. If you I, must it, <laughs> imbibe beforehand at the very least. And make sure that you're comfortable with edibles. I would say, make sure that you like edibles before you oh, get on yeah. the plane. That's another yeah. thing. I forget, like my tolerance grows super fast. Right. Um, I hate it. But um, yeah, I forget the edibles fuck some people up. Even, right. even now, like <laughs> the Delta 8 ones fucked me up at first. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 I've heard they do that. I've not had them. I've been fortunate not to have to mess with them, but fucking I'm gonna have to soon because I'm going to an illegal. Watch store. me get really fucked up five minutes from now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Here they all come at once. You can cut in my <laughs> quote, like, I'm not going to get fucked up. Right now. And, then <laughs> and especially in edibles. Edibles are famous for doing that to people. I guess that's why I like them so much. I have never liked flour as much. Like some people talk about loving the smell. You're probably one of those people. I, I hate it. And, you know, I have asthma, so the smoke like isn't the best. Right. So um, that that that. I don't, I'll smoke fire for the show, but like I, I, I will smoke maybe an eighth a week. I'm, but then again, I'll also eat like a thousand milligrams of edibles throughout the day. So like, it's kind of funny to like people on the air will see me choke and shit, but then it's like, I eat more edibles than the average person eats in like a month. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, on that note, we are hitting the hour mark and it's probably about as good a time as any to wrap up before we go. Did you have any other things you'd like to say about your show or harm reduction or anything like that, Christina? Oh, listen to pickles and vodka and uh, laugh about bulimia. I couldn't think of one fast enough. I'm not it's, quite as quick as I was when I was your age. Now, five minutes after the call, I'm going to be like, oh, it's OK. You can email it to me. But yeah, um, <laughs> follow me on Instagram at pickles and vodka podcast. My personal Instagram is at Xtina jumper. Um, if anyone wants to talk about anything, I'm always down and I might make you be a guest on my podcast. Oh, Hey, I'll come on. Yeah. Hell yeah. We'll set it up. My people will reach out. Right. On. It's just well, my cat. That works. That's mine's around here. I'm surprised he hasn't showed up, but, uh, thank you very much again for coming on Christina. And, uh, yeah, this episode will be up in a day or so. Awesome. Thank you. Bye y'all. <laughs> Thank you.